Welcome to another episode of the Deborah Health Report, where we dive into current health and medical topics to keep the Delaware Valley informed and updated. Last month, we spoke with Dr. Andrew Martin, chair of the Department of Pulmonary Medicine at Deborah, about the current understanding of COVID's impact on the lungs, who's most at risk and why, and how Deborah's new post-COVID recovery program is helping patients get closer to their pre-pandemic health. This month, KYW's Rasa K talks with Deborah Interventional Cardiologist. Dr. Vincent Varghese about the symptoms and risk factors for peripheral artery disease, or PAD. Here's Rasa Kay. Hi, I'm Rasa Kay, and now that we're getting out and about, it's natural that underused muscles complain after months in a COVID cocoon. But leg pain while walking can be a red flag for peripheral artery disease, or PAD, especially if you've got diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or other risk factors. I talked with Dr. Vincent Varghese at Deborah Heart and Lung Center about the sneaky symptoms of PAD and how to treat it. PAD is essentially a blockage of the arteries of the legs. You've heard of coronary artery disease, peripheral arterial disease is the same process. Essentially just plaque that builds up in the arteries. These arteries are, are pipelines that bring blood supply down to your legs. And if there's an issue with that blood flow, then people can have leg pain, people can have ulcers, leading to amputation. So it's a pretty serious illness, but it's a blockage in the arteries that can build up over time. Now you talked about ulcers, but I mean, is there any other way I might see it? Varicose veins, does that mean I'm in trouble? Not necessarily. So, so the arteries are one issue, the veins are another, and certainly varicose veins and what we call venous insufficiency can be a problem where the veins are not working properly. Um, that can lead to swelling and ulcers as well. Veins actually bring blood from your feet back up to your heart, so kind of work in the opposite direction. But the arteries bringing blood down to your legs. Um, the most typical presentation of PAD is going to be leg pain, calf pain, most classically described as a tightness or a, a pressure in the calf when you walk. Symptoms usually get better once you stop walking, and then you walk again and it comes back. So it's very reproducible at times, but that's typically the presentation. Uh, but a lot of people have very unusual presentations too. So the middle of the night leg cramp, is is that a warning sign? Not necessarily. Uh, a lot of times that can just be from, um, again, from vein disease. That can be from uh, if your sodium, potassium are a little off uh, or from overworking yourself, dehydration. Um, those can be symptoms usually. Uh, but, but certainly anytime you have leg pain, you want to treat it seriously, especially if you have certain risk factors. You always want to get checked out and make sure things are okay. So how do you know that it's time to get it checked out? What are the things you should sort of test out first if you're starting to get some leg pain, some weird sensations in your legs? How do you know it's time to go see a doctor? What's the process of elimination first? Yeah. Well, I think part of it is looking at what your risk is in general. So we know if a person's over the age of 70, just over the age of 70, that's a big risk factor for developing PAD. If you're 50 or older and you have diabetes, high blood pressure, you smoke, those are risk factors that can lead to the development of PAD. Um, so if you have those risks and if you have leg pain, it's definitely worth an evaluation with a vascular specialist um, to get some testing and do a physical exam and get more information about what may be happening. How do you know it's time to see a vascular specialist as opposed to an orthopedist? Uh, it's a good question. I, I would say a lot of times it's tough to tell, to be honest, because only about a third of the patients we see with PAD have those classic symptoms we talked about, the leg tightness and pain when you walk. 
The other two thirds may have very atypical symptoms like joint pain or just a heaviness. So people can present very differently. But if you have those risks and you're concerned about it, then it would be worth a visit probably with your primary care doctor to start off. And then usually they can kind of target whether you need to see an orthopedic doctor or a vascular specialist. It would, it would start with a really good history and physical examination. Is this the kind of thing that would be intermittent enough to, to you know, give you problems for a couple of weeks and then you settle down for a while and then maybe it comes back? Is it that kind of pesky thing? Or once it starts, are you sort of studying an increase in severity or longevity or, or what? Yeah, I, I think it's typically something that's going to stay. It's gonna, um, it, it could stay the same or it can get worse. It will rarely get better on its own. Through targeted exercise programs, once we have the diagnosis, we can certainly fight and get better and, and get the symptoms better over time and fight the symptoms. But in general, once you start having symptoms of PAD, if it's truly PAD, they're going to stay there or potentially get worse. Intermittent claudication. What exactly is that? That's part of the PID process or is that is. the whole process? No, it's part of the spectrum. Intermittent claudication is describing what we talked about before with the leg tightness, leg pain when you walk. It happens intermittently, meaning when you, when you walk and you stop, um, it gets better. The classic symptoms are, again, someone who may walk two city blocks and they feel this tightness in the calf that builds up so great they have to stop. And when they stop, the symptoms get better. They walk another two blocks and it happens exactly the same. So it's a reproducible type of symptom that happens. And that's kind of the classic presentation. I've been hearing more about inflammation versus plaque formation. Is that worth a discussion in PAD? I think it is. I think inflammation plays a big role in plaque production. So they're not necessarily exclusive from each other, but they're related. And uh, the more we learn about things like diabetes, I mean, inflammation is a big component of that. And that can directly lead to plaque formation in the arteries. So warning signs and risk factors, you talked about the symptoms and you talked about an awful lot of the, the risk factors and, and then you sort of refer to, and then there's some really unusual ways it can present. Yeah. What have been some of um, the odder ways you have diagnosed PAD? Yeah, we, we've seen people come in with just um, calf pain or a thigh pain, knee pain, even just not doing as much as they used to do. I think some people will often not push themselves as much and blame it on something else like, well, I have bad knees or I'm just getting older. By doing that, they're not pushing themselves to, to bring out those symptoms. So if they find, if you find someone that, you know, you may used to walk a mile a day a couple of years ago, and now you're just walking a block um, without a real clear reason why, uh, then that could be an indication that you may just be kind of indirectly not pushing yourself to do so much to not go through that discomfort. Without necessarily a huffing and puffing kind of thing, but just not feeling up to another few blocks. Right, exactly. All right, so COVID and blood clots, mm -hmm. has that complicated PAD for patients and doctors? It's complicated a lot of things, I think, but we, we certainly know that people that have COVID can have a higher risk of developing blood clots. Those blood clots can go anywhere. They can go to the lungs, they can go to the heart. We've seen heart attacks and uh, what's called pulmonary emboli um, in patients that have COVID. We have not seen a lot of blood clots go to the legs necessarily, but certainly if you have COVID, we know you're going to have a propensity to develop clots. So uh, I think the biggest thing we can say is, is certainly prevention with the vaccination is so important. So diabetics, increased risk for peripheral artery disease and so many other issues, but what is that direct connection? 
We talked about inflammation. A part of it is inflammation. So um, diabetes, uncontrolled blood sugar, uh, you know, your doctors check things like uh, fasting glucose or a hemoglobin A1C. If those numbers are elevated, then you are at a higher risk of just developing inflammation and plaque buildup in the arteries. We, we talk about diabetes as being an equivalent, really, for artery disease, especially with the heart and the legs the same way. If you have diabetes, we don't say it's a risk factor. We say you have it. You have heart disease. That's how aggressive that disease can be to develop plaque. And in terms of the diagnosis, diabetes affects that, that whole wound healing issue. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if you've got leg pain or fatigue or any of these other subtle signs that it might be PAD, if you're going for a checkup at your doctor's, you want to make sure that you're taking your socks off too when you're getting looked over, correct? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and it may even include you know you being more aware of yourself and kind of just examining your feet and toes. If you have diabetes that's difficult to control, you may want to get plugged in with a podiatrist just to kind of make sure things are okay with the legs and the feet. What can happen with diabetes also is the, the damage to the um, not only blood vessels, but to nerves as well. And we call it neuropathy. And people can develop abnormal or decreased sensation in their feet and toes. And so someone wearing a shoe that is a brand new shoe and doesn't fit so well you may not, they may not feel the same pain you and I may feel and say, well, this doesn't feel right, take the shoe off. They may just not feel it at all and that can lead to sores and ulcers developing. And then, like you said, with the diabetes, compromised circulation, it can start to lead down the path of infection and amputation. Uh, it's a common scenario we see with people who don't have controlled diabetes. Now, how about high blood pressure? How does that lead to peripheral artery disease? High blood pressure causes an effect on the artery walls over time. It can cause what we call a hardening of the artery walls, uh, which is indirectly kind of the same effect as plaque buildup or calcium plaque deposits in the artery walls. And, and that can basically lead to PAD as well. It's a risk factor that we look at. So once the PAD process gets underway, it's mm -hmm. not going to improve on its own? No. Um, not on its own. We definitely need some intervention, um, whether it be medication, whether it be exercise or other, you know, interventional therapies, we call them, where we go into the procedure room and do procedures to open up blocked arteries to help with symptoms. Is there kind of a, a, a stage of severity where you try different therapies first? So somebody comes in and, and you're catching it early. You think that these are possible signs of PAD. Is that right. someone you might say, well, all right, let's 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 start you on exercise yeah. and push yourself. I mean, how, what's, what's the process for your interventions? Yeah, and so if, if someone comes in um, and we give them a diagnosis of peripheral arterial disease through testing, which we can talk about, if it's, if it's minor symptoms, if there's symptoms that are Let's say exercise, you get some calf discomfort, uh, maybe a couple blocks and it gets better. We can always try medication first. Those medications would include things like a, an aspirin, a cholesterol medication, the family, the statins, Lipitor and Crestor, those types of medications. And then we want to control other risk factors. So cho controlling cholesterol, if it's diabetes, controlling the blood sugars, uh, blood pressure control as well. And if they smoke, having them stop immediately. So those are the things we can do to kind of modify the progression of the plaque. As far as helping the symptoms, we typically use exercise for the most part. So exercise, although it, it seems counterintuitive that exercise would kind of bring on the symptoms, believe it or not, in a, in a controlled setting, if somebody exercises to that point of where they feel that discomfort, pushes through a little bit more and rests and then kind of repeats that, 
over time, the body will actually develop more arteries to kind of help to re decrease some of those symptoms. Even, so, even at an older age and it Even at an older age, yeah, yeah. As once we make the diagnosis, if we know the pain is strictly coming from the arteries, if we can kind of push the limits a little bit and have patients work a little bit more with exercise, um, the body will naturally respond and build more arteries to help with those symptoms. So over time, they may, be, they may have only been able to walk a block. Over time, they may be able to walk two blocks and so forth. Um, we also have some medications that may help with some symptoms um, with the artery blockage. But again, that, that just kind of band-aids it a little bit. Um, if it's severe, uh, you know, then we start talking about doing procedures. And, and like we said, it could be a spectrum. It can be intermittent claudication, which is fairly stable, or it can be more severe. We talk about, we, talk, we label it critical limb ischemia, which is when patients can present with pain just at rest or wounds or ulcers or black toes, you know, all sorts of things that, again, can be very um, dangerous to the limb, to the leg of losing the leg. And those therapies, when you have that severe disease, we typically get more aggressive. Exercise is not an option. We go in to try to open up these blocked blood vessels to restore blood flow, to prevent amputation. Now, how much can PAD limit your life? I mean, generally, can you take long plane rides? Is this something that you need to be aware of how your legs are feeling all the time? Yeah. How does it affect lifestyle? You know, if it's, if it's left untreated, it can definitely affect your lifestyle in terms of, you know, requiring amputation. I mean, that's a pretty big change in your life. Short of that, if we get control over the PAD, then people can live a normal life, absolutely. We, we know that um, people with PAD, peripheral arterial disease actually, the most common cause of, of death is not dying from the leg artery, it's dying from heart attack or stroke. Because again, the plaque in the legs is the same plaque in the arteries, it's the same plaque in the brain. So those are the things, stroke and, and heart attack are what kill people. So we would be really aggressive in treating them for presumed heart disease. We would be really aggressive in evaluating their heart health and making sure that's okay as well, along with treating the leg disease. Is this more common in men than women or is it pretty equal? It's fairly equal. However, it's very likely underdiagnosed in women because women can sometimes have atypical symptoms. Uh, Again, with the women and the atypical symptoms. Yeah, we, we see the same thing in the heart. We do, we do. But sometimes women can just have really unusual symptoms. Or again, a lot of times we'll, we'll see that decrease in exercise capacity, maybe not pushing it as much as they used to and chalking it up to just, I'm getting kind of older potentially. So there's definitely a difference. And, and I think women are very likely underrepresented in, in our patient population. You got to give me some of these atypical symptoms for women then. I mean, yeah. how, uh, how might their symptoms be different, you know, below the knee? You know, it, it could be things like um, just instead of a, a tightness, it could just be a cramping. It could be a sharp pain. There could be discoloration on the feet that they may notice and maybe not take too seriously. All, all those different types of symptoms we can see. That was Deborah Interventional Cardiologist, Dr. Vincent Varghese. In our next podcast, we'll get into diagnosing and treating PAD. It drops the first Wednesday of the month. I'm Rasa Kay. See you then. You can always listen to all of the informative Deborah doctor interviews at DeborahHealthReport.com. Schedule an appointment at DemandDeborah.org.